Welcome to Wack. This is the podcast hosted by me, Frisia, and no topic over here is off bounds. And today I have a very special collaboration that I have done with Rohas Nagpal on his show called Cut the Crip. In this conversation, not only do we simplify the world of NFTs, but we also talk about where the market is today and what the future of NFTs will look like, especially for people like you and me. Give it a listen. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for having me, Rohas. My pleasure. It's pretty nice for me to actually come on board and speak to an expert. I've done an episode on NFTs where, you know, I did like this really basic breakdown on what they are. And especially when this this was when they had just come out. But they've gained so much momentum. There's so much of a buzz that's going on about them. And uh, honestly, as a layperson, I'm still not able to really wrap my head around them. Got it. So great. So why don't we begin with some Q&A? Yeah. The first thing, you know, maybe if we just want to like break it down for both our listeners over here, how do NFTs really work? We know that it stands for something. We know that it's digital art, but how do they really work? Sure. So uh, I'd like to just correct you. It's not really just digital art, but don't worry, I'll let me clarify this. So when we use the term NFT, we mean non-fungible token. So this fungible word is the critical thing here. So in finance, fungible is any asset whose units are identical to each other. So a simple example, you take a bar of gold. Right. And you melt it down and then make coins out of it. The total value of those coins will equal to the total value of the brick that you started with. So we can say gold is fungible. But if we were to do the same thing to a diamond, you know, you take a really expensive diamond like the kinds I see you wearing and you break them down into pieces. Would the value of the pieces be equal to the original diamond? No. That's the point. So we can say gold is fungible, diamonds are not. So... Whenever we try to put a unique kind of an asset on the blockchain, it becomes a token. So anything which runs on a blockchain is called a token. And then it could be fungible or non-fungible. So something like Bitcoin, where all 21 million Bitcoin are identical to each other, could be fungible. And something like digital art, a collectible, when we put that on the blockchain, because they're all unique pieces, they would be non-fungible. Does that seem clear to you? Yeah, that kind of like makes a little bit of sense. But then how do you really determine the worth of something? Like taking the same example of diamonds and gold, we have a market that tells you that today gold is worth this much, diamonds are selling at this much. And who is it that then kind of like decides the value of a particular NFT? That's an excellent question, Frisha. So it's usually determined by market forces. I know that sounds quite a vague answer, but that's exactly how it works. Like even when we talk about gold or diamonds, or let's say we talk about an M.F. Hussein painting, who decides what it's worth? It's ultimately the buyer who decides. So it's purely based on demand and supply. So if there's a lot of hype in the market about a particular kind of NFT, let's say like the Bored Ape, that's a very popular kind of an NFT today. So depending upon how many people want to buy it, Versus how many people want to sell it. That's how the prices really work. And you'd find that that's the same across the entire world, no matter what financial market we talk about. 
whether it's the share market the crypto market the nft market gold silver everything ultimately is based on demand and supply and having said that the element of scarcity also comes into the picture so if an asset is more scarce it's likely to become more valuable because everybody has fomo fear of missing out so that's another thing that we need to factor in i know that nft is like the blockchain and like cryptocurrency everything is not determined by the government right it is all very independently led and uh, like you said what determines the price is then the people but sometimes can the people also come together and like manipulate something in terms of its value like we we saw that with let's say dodge can the same thing happen to an nft as well <laughs> you're absolutely right it can and it does so i mean doge is another good example that you took so what's beginning to happen is i'd say this is something that started with the covid lockdowns around the world but since last year like since 2020 a lot of very strange things are beginning to happen in money so last year or i think it was this year we had this issue of a bunch of people who were on a social media platform called reddit and they came to know about the stock of this company called gamestop which was being shorted by some hedge and then a random bunch of people got together and started buying and they virtually wiped out a multi billion dollar hedge fund stuff like that has never happened earlier we've only seen large players get together to manipulate today we are seeing the common man getting together to manipulate and you're absolutely right that does happen a lot in nfts it's crazy right what we have kind of evolved to you want to know something really cool that happened on reddit this morning is that like they did for gamestop and then i think they did that for someone else as well somebody put out a thing where they said do you think we could all buy reddit can we all come <laughs> together Can we all come together and get fifty-one percent shares so that we make money out of the memes, the posts, uh, the content comes from the people, uh, and awesome. everyone was trying to see whether they could just do the same thing with Reddit. Are you also planning to be part of this? Yeah, no, no, no. Very quickly shot down, uh, and they already have decided that it's not going to be possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's really interesting. Coming back to NFTs, um, I, I'm a bit of an oldie, you know, when it comes to them. When they first came out last year, I was just like, "No, come on, this is not going to work. This just feels like a fad. This just feels like, you know, this just feels like some crazy thing where which will dissolve and which will go away very soon." Do you think that it's it's just about hype? or do you think that this is really where we are going it's like ringtones right i mean i'm that was the one thing i could put in my head where i was just like when ringtones came out and everybody told us we had to pay that 5 rupees or 10 rupees to buy it a lot of us were like no 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 what nonsense and this is not it's not going to work this way and ultimately yes it helped musicians it evolved the music industry also in a certain way is this kind of like that future thing which i can't see yet excellent question so let's take an example i don't know how comfortable or how much you like the metaverse have you mm. ever tried <laughs> using it we're going to do a whole episode on that you and oh, okay awesome so if i you know so just just let me give you a very sh- short background and then i'll answer your question so i first used the metaverse in 2003 when second life came out and in 2006 duran duran which was a popular rock group at that time they did a virtual show 
in the metaverse and now with facebook and other people talking about the metaverse it's obviously going to be part of our lives very soon now just like we have a real home in the real world we put wallpapers on the walls when we buy a virtual home in the metaverse we are probably going to want to put wallpapers there also but you cannot take an image or a graphic into the metaverse it needs to be technically in the form of a non fungible token and i mean from a technology point of view so you have a screenshot of a wallpaper you can't put that on your house in the metaverse you would need to import an erc721 for example an nft token and that is what you would put on your wall and if more and more people start to do that then it kind of makes sense when an artist sends you purely digital art because he's giving it to you in a format which you can put up on your wall now again when you put up something on your wall it could be an original painting or a reprint and naturally the cost would be totally different that's the same thing in the metaverse where maybe you could buy a limited edition from an artist or you could buy a random reprint and then accordingly the cost would vary so i think as more people get into the metaverse there is going to be a lot of genuine nft use cases popping up secondly there are also a lot of collectibles there so as a kid i used to collect stamps in fact i still do now today some governments have started to issue stamps in the nft form so they are kind of like collectibles just like the way we collected paper based stamps today you could collect the nft version of a postage stamp so there are lots of really interesting use cases coming up and i think like in any industry there are going to be some fakes and hypes but a lot of it is going to be genuine stuff you know when the nfts came out there was also a friend of mine who kind of introduced me to nfts the same friend of mine introduced me to virtual land also that was being bought and he showed me literally the piece of land where i live the virtual map version of it and he said look it's up for sale you should buy it on carter road <laughs> and i laughed him i laughed it off you know and i was just like i'm not getting into this are these also like two different kind of things that are starting to exist or is this all just forms of nfts because it's all getting very blurred for me also now there's metaverse then there's nfts then there's this virtual land it feels like one big thing <laughs> <laughs> excellent question Okay so how it goes is that when you go into the metaverse you're going to want to buy a house or you want to rent a house so that's where the virtual land or a virtual building comes into the picture but i wouldn't advise you to buy it yet in fact you know what there are some people who actually have websites and they call themselves property dealers on the metaverse so just like you have real estate agents in the real world you actually have virtual versions of them today so there are about 6 different metaverses that you could go and buy land in but i'd say it's a little early so let a few more platforms emerge let a few of them shut down say give it a year more i'm waiting to see what facebook does because i think facebook would bring metaverse to everyone and then maybe that's a good time for us to actually consider buying or renting a house although my personal way of looking at it is i'd rather rent in the metaverse rather than buying oh like we would in real life <laughs> <laughs> i mean today everybody recommends that you do that but Rohas I what I'm I'm now trying to wrap my head around is that what if there were like you just said right let a few websites come let some of them shut down now what if there were like three websites that were selling Carter Road okay mm-hmm. how do i know that i'm buying the original Carter Road and then i feel like the same thing implies with NFTs that's an excellent point 
So actually you would never buy the official Carter Road because that's owned by individuals who are not involved in the NFT version of it. So all versions of Carter Road on a metaverse are going to be fakes. Because unless the real owners of Carter Road decide to put Carter Road on the metaverse, it's not really going to work. So that's the reason I would say stay away from that. Let's wait to see what Facebook does. So in our real life, there is only one planet Earth. So we know there is limited land. But a day may come in the future where humans can start staying on Mars or on the moon. So suddenly, if that happens, it would reduce the price of land on Earth. So similarly, if new metaverse platforms become more popular, the price of land on the older ones becomes cheaper. Which is why I said, let's give it some time. Let's see which platforms actually start to gain huge traction. Because today, there are a lot of limitations to enter the metaverse. You need to buy those expensive goggles kind of stuff. And not too many people are going to do that. So that's the reason I said, you know, let's give it some time. Let's see what Facebook does, because I think they're going to change the game. And of course, Microsoft's also jumping in and so is Amazon. So let's give these big guys a year to fight it out and then decide what's the best place to stay in. So, so then, I mean, how do, let's bring it back to NFTs in terms of talking about like the difference between an original and a duplicate. Like in a virtual space, how do I know that I actually own the original of something? Like I've made a meme up for myself, of myself. And now what stops Rojas from just going and taking that same thing and putting it up on the virtual space as well? You're absolutely right. And that is one of the biggest problems in the virtual world that you can easily duplicate things. And in fact, even when it comes to NFTs, a lot of people believe you can't really duplicate an NFT, but that's not true. A simple example would be you create an NFT on one platform, say Ethereum, and I I take the same piece of asset and I put it up on another blockchain, let's say a Binance smart chain. 99% of the times you wouldn't even know I've done that. And even if I did that on Ethereum itself, you again won't really know whether I've done that or not. So as of right now, yeah, it's quite difficult to know what's original and what's not. It's going to take a long time before things actually become simpler. Like recently, Gucci and Nike, they started issuing virtual wearables into the metaverse. And it's not like people can't duplicate them. I'm sure there are lots of smart people who figured out already how to duplicate them. So yeah, it is a big problem. Yeah, I mean, if I can duplicate a Gucci bag in real life and, you know, I could literally take it to a Gucci store and maybe the guy in the store wouldn't know that I've duplicated it. I could definitely then do it so much easily in a virtual world as well. And that's what makes me, you know, just wonder about like the kind of uh, price driving that's taking place, right? Like, what was the most expensive NFT right now that has been sold in recent times? We've seen it in crazy figures. $65 million for Beeple's art. So that was like absolutely crazy. But the point is, is it true? So in the crypto world, it is very easy to fake transactions. I mean, a person can set up unlimited addresses. So what I could do is partner with an artist friend of mine, create multiple addresses. Through one address, I'm going to pay the artist and then the artist returns my money through another address. Nobody in the world would really figure out what's happened. But on paper, we could say, look, Frisha's digital art sold for a million dollars. And everybody would believe that and automatically you could use that to drive up the price of your digital art. So that's another very big problem that happens. It's very easy to fake these figures. But this gives me an idea. This could also just be a front for like money laundering. Oh, you're absolutely right. Hena, like what you just said. 
In fact, a lot of governments are now figuring out are NFTs actually being used for money laundering, and I wouldn't be surprised if, in a lot of cases, they are. And is there any way to? There is no way to trace it. Uh, well, so what happens is on the blockchain, every transaction gets recorded, but it gets recorded with the address. So if you follow an address over a period of time, you may kind of figure out whether it's real or not. But then you know there are also these mixing services which are there. So they could take your crypto in and then split it into thousands of small tokens, spread them around the world, and then bring them back. Kind of like how money laundering works in the real world, and then that makes it really, really difficult to track it down. So as of right now, it's quite easy to fool people. We'll have our like own digital versions of the Panama Papers coming out. In <laughs> <laughs> quite true, quite true. In a couple of years. By the way, were you in the original Panama Papers? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> okay, that, that's confidential. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it, it feels like already so much has evolved with NFTs, right? Like we're already seeing that there could be. all these other versions of it like the virtual land or we're talking about the clothes or we're talking about art collectibles like it's already evolving so much do you do you have any other like predictions of where else it could evolve or what else it could evolve into absolutely so the pro- one of the projects that i'm working on is called the human talent nft where we are enabling talented people to raise money against future deliverables So that's one direction I see a lot of work happening in. See, because at the end of the day, if an NFT is to be treated like an investment, then it has to work like an asset, and it has to give the owner an ability to make money. So I think now we are going to see more and more NFTs moving in that direction, where it's very clear what is the real world value you can derive, or what kind of money can you actually make from the NFT. So you may see celebrities giving, say. Photographs of themselves, but which you can use for commercial purposes. You'd see more government come out with collectibles. You'd see a lot of things which are moving into the metaverse. Let's say games or assets inside games, which actually have some kind of a value because as a player of the game, I may want those assets. So I think that now we're going to see a lot more of such better collateralized NFTs, which are actually backed by some kind of an asset or something which people. Want to hold or invest in? So tell me a little bit more about the project that you were uh, talking about. It's like giving power to more and more creators. So the the idea started with this young Croatian tennis player who was auctioning off her shoulder, saying that I'm a budding tennis player and every time I play, the cameras are going to pick it up. So if I tattoo your brand on my shoulder, you get publicity as long as I'm playing. and as i you know over the next few years i'm going to get better at it now i found that idea really neat but then the point is is not practical for everyone else to try to auction their shoulders because we are all not tennis players right so i was thinking how can we enable people to raise money then i came across some religious organizations or other communities where if a youngster is talented but can't afford the fee other people pay the fees and then a certain percentage of the person's lifelong income goes back to these people so i like that concept also but that's kind of difficult to do in the world it can be happening in small communities but not at a global level so we thought why not put all this together and enable say a young medical student today who says i'm studying to become a surgeon i don't have the money for the fee so you pay my fees today and in return for every 1 lakh rupees i give you an nft which you can encash 
for a surgery that I will perform once I become a surgeon. So today, without taking an education loan, that student can raise money. And when that student becomes a successful surgeon, you can encash the NFT or you could sell it to someone else who could encash it. So that's where the whole idea really started from. So just really quickly, but then who would decide like how much that NFT is worth? Excellent question. So this would be something the creator would decide. So for example, if someone's studying to become a neurosurgeon, now that person would say that, you know what, 10 years from now, this is likely to be the cost of a neurosurgery. And then accordingly give you a much cheaper price today. So let's take a very simple example of a Virat Kohli who I think today gets paid 3 crore rupees per Instagram post. But a few years ago when he was just starting out, maybe he was selling it for 10 grand. So now here, Virat Kohli could have said, you know what, I'm going to go on to do great things in cricket. And if you believe that I am going to, why don't you buy my Instagram post today at 10,000? And then a few years later, when I become really famous, you can encash it or sell it to someone else. So it would begin with the creator setting a price and then people saying whether it makes sense or not. And then over a period of time, the market would evolve where we would have models to actually price NFTs. Just like the way we have mathematical models in the stock market, we soon have that in the NFT market also. Wow. I mean, to imagine that we can evolve in this kind of place and space, that, that would be amazing. So we could be doing, you and me could be doing the same thing with our podcasts. Absolutely correct. You could sell ad space on your podcast today, which could be encashed in the future. Right, right. Do you think that NFTs will also slowly start getting regulated though? You know, we're already seeing like so many regulations happening with Bitcoins. We're seeing our Indian government like literally sitting on the fence and jumping on, off, on, off. What about NFTs? Nobody seems to like be really like focusing on regulations over there. So NFTs are ultimately a part of the crypto assets. And crypto assets are of 11 different types. So what we must remember is that when we, the governments try to regulate, what they should also keep in mind is don't regulate it as a crypto asset because they're all crypto assets. Regulate based on what they do. So today when you go to a Virat Kohli and you buy an Instagram post, you could do the same thing through an NFT. So what's changing is only the technology. But other than that, from a business point of view, it's the same thing. You're simply buying a social media post. So I don't think NFTs need a separate law to govern them. It depends upon what the NFT is actually doing. So some NFTs could be treated like art. So what are the laws when it comes to buying art? It's just the copyright law, the intellectual property law that does it. So the same way, I think it's these conventional laws that are going to govern NFTs also. I mean, and especially here in India, I'm guessing there'll be many more regulations coming in here as compared to other parts of the world? Because it's already difficult for us to even issue coins out of India. Or are people doing that? No, actually, it's fairly easy right now. So what the government has done is very recently, the government came out with something called the National Blockchain Strategy. And we are probably one of the only countries in the world where the government actually has a document like that. And you'd be surprised to know that one of the use cases that the government has identified is a government crypto wallet. So the government of India is actually planning to build its own crypto wallet. That's how positive they are towards crypto and NFTs. Do you think they're doing that just because they feel like they'll have an easier hold and they'll be able to monitor much better? I think one of the reasons is they're probably realizing that the crypto market can be a very big contributor to India's GDP. 
and our government is predicting a gdp of 5 trillion dollars over the next few years and i think crypto could contribute a huge amount to that like did you know india is today one of the best countries to launch satellites so we are kind of like a global satellite launching place where people around the world countries build their satellites bring it here for launching maybe government of india or india could start launching blockchains for the rest of the world so i think our country's got a lot to benefit because we've got this huge talent pool of developers and i think crypto could do great stuff for our country i also think we you know we have one of the largest working forces of the world as well we have the highest number of people between the age of 18 to 35 and this is a working force that's earning money that is also open you know a little more open to ideas and concepts like this like today we see like so many people on social media who will also come and you know tell us uh, like there's a lot of influencers that are talking right about crypto and they are educating young people about it and they're telling you buy 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 uh, i wouldn't be surprised if we also had like a high number of people buying crypto from here and eventually nfts absolutely i totally agree with you on that it's a huge market and a lot of youngsters and if not just youngsters a lot of people today are beginning to see the economic value in all this and yeah i think india could become really big player in this amazing so i guess i should be launching my own nft soon you absolutely should <laughs> if i had to launch it it what would it be like it could be anything it could be my podcast it could be one of my youtube videos okay so what you've got to understand here is you've got to give a clear value proposition to the buyer the what is the buyer getting so if say people say you know i have bought someone's tweet now the question you've got to ask them is what do you mean by that is it that that tweet is something trademarked or unique which nobody else in the world can reproduce and then you have a commercial license to use it to promote your business so that is an important question so if you were to today tell me that i could buy a future in your ads so you know i can then say okay you know what trisha is doing better so over the next couple of years her ad rates for her podcast are going to go up so let me buy an ad today and encash it in the future that makes a lot of sense to me but if i was to buy your video my question would be what do i actually get in return is it that i can use your video for promoting my business and nobody else in the world can so that's the most important question you need to answer to an investor how are they going to make economic profits out of your nft that's the critical thing yeah yeah what is it that you gain as value the other person gets out of it that's correct well that's a lot of thinking that i got to do then <laughs> <laughs> so you know i mean now that let's say i figured out that i have to have this nft which has to have great value to my investors how do i now you know ensure that there is some kind of success to this nft as well just put it out there into the virtual world and then what excellent question so it's all about community so let me ask you a question who's your favorite actor oh my current favorite because this keeps changing is uh fahad fazal okay so let's say he was to give out an nft which entitled the holder to have a dinner with him would you be interested in buying that nft hmm maybe actually <laughs> that's the point cool. so that's because you're part of his community of fans right 
So it's very important for any NFT issuer to realize that first you should have a community of people who like you, right? It is only then that you should consider coming out with your own NFT and not the other way around where you first put it out there and hope people come. See, because there's just too many people out there and so many of them are trying out their own NFTs. So first step would be to build this community of people who like you. So, you know, you identify your niche and then you make sure there are enough number of people. And I don't mean followers. I mean actual fans, people who are going to go out of their way to do something good for you because they like you, right? So if you look at any success today, whether it's the success of Bitcoin or Ethereum or even a Dogecoin, it is all because of their large fanatic communities. And that's the first thing an NFT creator needs to do, build that community, then ask the community what kind of NFTs they actually want. And then based on that, you should issue it so that you have a ready market available. So that's the way I would recommend. So that would just literally be like your step-by-step on how to even just go about doing it? Absolutely. Because the tech is pretty easy. You know, which platform to mint it on, those are like five-minute decisions. The most critical part is who is your community and what do they want? What is it that they're likely to buy? And that changes depending upon who you are. Like if you're a film star, yes, people would love to have dinner with you. But let's say you're a financial advisor, then people don't really want to have dinner with you. They want your advice. So you got to figure out, you know, where do you fit in and what do your followers really want? Wow, that just, that it's, it's overwhelming, but I feel like there is a lot of like simplification in my mind that has taken place with this conversation that we have had today. And I'm really looking forward to our next chat that we are going to have where we're going to be talking about the dark side of cryptocurrency. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Yes. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of WAC. To make sure that you don't miss out on a new episode, subscribe to and follow the show on this app right now.